welcome to episode 29 of Silent Cast. Two games, so it's just myself and Glenn again. How are you doing, Glenn? Oh, I don't know, Ollie. I, I feel like this week has killed off my hopes of the rest of the season being anything particularly fun. I feel like it's a get through the rest of this season, get Cottrell back in the summer and do a rebuild job um, because the results this season, you know, we were briefly mentioning playoffs a couple of weeks ago, weren't we, in, in all the fun that that run entailed. But in reality, we, we need a couple more wins just to stay up and that's more of a pressing concern, isn't it? It's just, I don't know, killed a little bit of the fun. I, I felt that vibe from a lot of town fans this weekend. Yeah, killed the fun. I just for the record, I never, I never thought we'd get in the playoffs, but I thought we could finish tenth, <laughs> which I yes. don't really think that's anymore. So for yeah, my bubble's been bursting. That looking back, if you think about the wins, so um, against Hull, obviously you know Hull had most of possession. Lincoln as well. You know, in all these games where we got these, got quite a few key wins. You know, we kind of robbed into. You know, if you're looking at XG, the opposition yes. had better XG than us in the Sunderland win that we had, the Swindon, even the Swindon win that we had. Um, we had they had more XG than us, and then the Doncaster one, the Lincoln one, and the Hull one, um, even the Stanley draw, they were much better than us. So, yeah, I, I think this was kind of coming a little bit. I thought maybe we were overperforming, mm. um, but we'll come to why we think we've kind of fallen away to later on. But yeah, I think that's fair. I think everyone was a little bit frustrated and I'm sure the players are really frustrated as well and the management are frustrated um, because, yeah, obviously you like winning, don't you? It's it's a lot more fun. It is. I think, you know... It... It's 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 worrying in two respects, isn't it? You know, a team can go on a little run like this. You know, one win, one win, one win in five is not abnormal for us in League One, is it at all? And it's happened a lot over the years. But you know, we want to try and be better, don't we? But I think it's the nature of these last three performances, yeah. particularly the two performances this week. You know, you, you look at XG, but we've had a worse XG against Wimbledon and Fleetwood. And they were both home games, and, and yeah. you know, on the balance, probably deserved to lose one of them, and maybe could even have argued that Wimbledon maybe could have snuck that game on the end yeah, once the they end, got once they, they got ahead. Good, they? Yeah, so it, it is worrying that the performance levels dropped off and I'm, I'm sure there, as I say there are lots of reasons for it and we will kind of do a section at the end of covering the two games which to be honest with you won't take very long Ollie because bugger all happened in, mo- in both of those games yeah. as far as you usually town fan but yeah there's a few things I've got sort of ruminating in the back of my head and um, saw a few people talking about it but yeah just concerning and just you know, the air's come out of the balloon, hasn't it, this week, really, a little bit. Um, the Cottrell, Cottrell stuff's been fantastic. And overall, their runner results has been amazing. We were just looking at them, weren't we, before we started recovering, uh, recording the podcast. You know, when you look at the league form, um, overall, it's been fantastic. But I don't know. Just You just want to sometimes you want to get carried away as a football fan and, and ride that train. And um, it's just been derailed very soon into that journey, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, it has, and it means that we're looking backwards rather than forwards. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, so yeah, I think that's a good intro. Let's get into the game. It was no more than Shrewsbury deserved. The cross coming in from Billy Askew, signed on loan this week. The finish from who else? Gary Shaw. Vintage Shaw, really. So first game this week was the unfortunate one-one uh, draw with. Um, struggling AFC Wimbledon at home so uh, yeah 1-1 um, Chapman with our goal on 35 which was another banger from Chapman he doesn't score good go- uh, poor goals and AFC Wimbledon equalised on 84 and as I said before could have gone on and won it unfortunately so yeah there wasn't many stats knocking around that are all that positive at the moment Ollie um, after all the weeks of tweeting positive stats and, and putting them on the podcast about how well Cottrell done he's unfortunately he's lost his um, he's lost his run as the best ever start for Shrewsbury Town Manager but in fairness it's the second best league start for Shrewsbury Town Manager after 16 games so it's not really that bad, is it, to be honest with you? Um, the only thing I've, I've noticed really is shots, Ollie, and I think it's something we'll talk about as we go through the game. But in four, this is for Wimbledon, and I think the pattern continued against um, against Fleetwood on Saturday, is four of the last six games, we've only had two shots on target in them. So the amount of outward productivity from our strike force in terms of testing goalkeepers has nosedived in these last four to five games, Ollie, and it's a real, a real sign, isn't it, to, of the way that things are heading. Yeah, it just comes back to recruitment again, doesn't it? And the, the lack of quality going forward in the squad. It's something that we'll we will have to just live with, won't we, until we get to the summer. Uh-huh. But it is a concern, um, is a huge concern. It's interesting, you know, in terms of conceded, we've actually got we've got a really good defensive record. Yep, yep. So we've we conceded twenty six goals less than Swindon, for Mad example. Um, but we've scored basically we've scored just don't score enough goals. That is the that is the key issue. So yeah, if we carry on as we are defensively but improve the you know the, the attacking line we would would almost be you know getting into the kind of playoff territory um fixing that mm. but obviously it's, it's scoring goals is the hardest part of football and sometimes the most costly in terms of wages as well mm. I'm bored of saying the same thing as a town fan it is quite annoying to have to say the same thing about how different managers with different teams different strikers all come in and we just have the same struggle with trying to put the ball in the back of the net and 
you know, there's lots of systematic reasons for it. There's lots of player reasons for it. There's lots of many, many reasons why it happens. But it just it is a continual frustration of ours. I'd, I'd love to see someone come here and just bang a, bang a load of goals in Holt-esque or, you know, Faye is a f- fair shout. He did score 16 in one season, which is statistically anomalous for a Shrewsbury Town striker. But, you know, you're looking at two strikers in the last, you know, 20 odd, 20 odd years. You know, James Collins, I suppose you could throw in there. There's, there's been a few other got sort of 10, 15 a season. But, oh, I don't know. Just what would happen if we discovered this one gem that scored 25 goals in a season? It would be, I don't think Shrewsbury Town fans would know what to do with themselves, would they, Ollie? <laughs> no, and I don't think I don't think it has been um, obviously something that we struggled with, and I don't think it's something we should aspire, you know, not to have. You know, in terms of like top ten goal scorers in the division, AFC yeah. Wimbledon have got Piggott, who's a really good striker. Um, Rochdale have got Lund, who's got eleven goals this season. Um, you know, even obviously Mont Keynes have got Jerome as obviously an older striker, but still banging them in. And even Burton Albion have got Hemmings has got ten. Yeah. So yeah. you know, other teams, Gillingham have a decent striker and Oliver as well. He's a right handful and scores goals. So other teams do have. We just seem to be. I think it just comes back down to poor recruitment, and hopefully it's something that um, Keith Burke can help fix. Mm. Well, it'd be ideal if we played to the strength of the strikers we pick most weeks, which at the moment isn't happening either, and we'll get to that, Ollie. But yeah, go on then. So run us through the team for FC Wimbledon. Yep, so we went back to three at the back, as we probably we all thought we probably would. Um, yeah. Pennington, Ebanks and Williams in defence in front of Sausage. Um, Daniels um, playing right wing back. And we've played more of like a central three, I thought, um, in this game until Chapman Deep. came on. Yep. With Vela, Davison and Norburn not better. And then we had um, Odo and Main up front. It was the first time those two had played up to front together. So what did you think when you saw Odo and Main together, Glenn? Oh, I always liked the idea of two strikers playing up front, but it, it didn't really work as the game went on. And I would have said, looking at that team, is a hugely uncreative t- team, to be honest with you. I mean, Norman and Vela have always shown that they're good at sitting back deep and not, not great going forward at times this season. And Davis came in and basically did the same role. It was a bit weird. But um, yeah, I don't think there's, there's a lot, you know, when you look at that team, it doesn't sh- scream goals to you, does it, Ollie? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, that's, and that's something we just can't really change. Obviously, we brought Chapman in and mm. he scored quite a few goals for us. Um, but we'll come to Chapman, obviously, um, later when he got substituted. Yep. Just an interest. Let's have a discussion about Chapman then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, the team isn't overly attacking. Daniels um, is a decent player. I think he's doing. He could be a, a bit of a threat, but he's not quite at that level. He doesn't seem. I don't know if he's not confident enough or he isn't good enough to go past a man in League One. Um, he's very energetic. He offers a lot. I do like him as a player. But yeah, you know, you're right, Glenn. Um, Ogbetter as well isn't as hasn't maybe had as many assists as you'd as liked and goal scoring and assists um is a big problem and I think just our build up play as well and our attacking play is isn't the best and that's why when we have been successful it's been more on the counter attack and if teams yeah. stop don't allow us to counter attack then that they take away our biggest attacking threat. When we play without one of Wally or Chapman, I mean, it'd be ideal if both of them were playing at the moment, to be honest, but when we play without one of those, we are very predictable, I yeah, find. It's easy so, to defend against us. There's no yeah, one going behind yeah. and going beyond. Um, no. And the Doe's not particularly good at going beyond either. Although, to be fair, I would give Main and Credit some, some, <laughs> some patience in this game because the amount of balls forward that they were supposed to chase that were just awful balls that they would never have got anywhere near so it goes it goes back to the midfield and the balls they're trying to play through to them there's, there's no point in trying to play through balls to main and they did it loads in this game it was really stupid but anyway there we go the game started Ollie it wasn't it wasn't a particularly nice night here in Shrewsbury it was a bit it was a bit cold but, yeah um... it's one of those days wasn't it where it's kind of like February days where it's <laughs> yeah. well, actually sorry we're in March now but you know what I mean that sunny day where it still gets cold um so yeah it was almost a little bit misty I thought the dew came in cold was, night yeah, yeah. Um, and we noticed quite quickly on that Sarsic was throwing the ball. He wasn't kicking. No, it's interesting at the moment, this, isn't it? It's been picked up in two games this weekend. It's the first time we've mentioned it on the podcast. He kicked a bit more, but... I thought, on Saturday. A little bit more, but not not a huge amount. It's, you know, he's. Are we saying he's clearly carrying some sort of injury at the moment? He's not too keen on. You know, we can look at some of the goals this week and whether he wanted to throw himself in there and get hurt again. Um, we'll come to that. But you know, he, he's not kicking anywhere near as much as he has been during the rest of his career with us. So clearly, something's not quite right there, isn't there? Yeah, we had a question um, from Cal, not Carl, and he said, um, if Sausage isn't able to kick long, why is he starting? Would you start um, Burgoyne on Tuesday? You're starting because he's way better than Harry Burgoyne. As much yeah. as I had my middle man crush on him at the start of the season, um, statistically and, and clean sheets and, and his performance in games is still really good. I think, you know, he's he's not making huge errors at costing us goals, is he? Whereas old poor Harry was doing that when he when he first started. So, um, yeah, obviously it's not an injury that they're concerned enough to, to rest him and play Harry Burgoyne if it's just a bit of kicking that he's avoiding. Salavi, you know, he did one, I think it was in this game, where he threw the ball out and he did yeah, it really well, actually. Put, yeah, exactly. So, 
why why has he got a kick? I suppose in that circumstance. But yeah, it's a bit odd when you see Banks going back there to to take goal kicks, isn't it? I, I'm not, you know, it does take a little bit out of us and sets us back a little bit because he's then got to rush out. So it's not it's not great for the defensive shape. But I don't know. Maybe he's played through it. I think he did kick a bit more on the, on the Saturday game, and maybe he'll continue to do that more. But um, very noticeable in this game, and um, yeah, hopefully it's not something that means he's going to have to miss a few games because certainly got injuries racking up at the moment, haven't we, Ollie? Yeah, no, definitely, most definitely. Um, so in terms of a bit of action, so. Um, yeah, Norbert had a shot wide. I thought that was quite a poor effort. Um, and then, yeah, we had a bit of discussion about this. We were debating who it was. Um, yeah, Norbert basically gives the ball away and it's when he's trying to switch the ball to Daniels and Don's drive forward. They have two efforts in the box, but it's really well blocked. Um, but I think it's fair to say, Glenn, that Town didn't start very well in this game. No, but had no control, did we, at all? It was a... Uh... Giving, giving, you know, Wimbledon all the advantage and, and opportunity they wanted to come forward and, and try and put us under pressure, and, and they certainly did that for for most of the game. It wasn't a great game in the first half. It was usual League One fare, in all honesty. You know, League One this season has generally produced more unentertaining games than um, most seasons I can remember over the last few years. But um, yeah, they, they came at us. They 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 wanted to push us back, and and they did the thing that you know since Peterborough, not Peterborough, sorry, what was the game we lost? I can't remember now. Anyway, we talked about it the other week, but um, where we got. You know, close down in midfield, and and it just makes us much harder, to, much easier to play against, and we're not able to get out as effectively as we could. And, and with Norburn and and Vela and Davis as the three, um, they came and just stood in front of them, didn't let either any of those three get forward, and and um, yeah, just just meant we had no control in midfield. So most of the stuff that I said that the strikers were doing in that first half was chasing long balls from the defenders, and it just it just didn't work, did it? It's a problem we've had in all three games. Our build-up play and our accuracy yep. is really poor, um, and if you can't keep the ball. Um, and build up play you, yeah you're eventually going to start reverting to long balls and and that's what we were doing um it we wasn't good um there was an interesting moment um, i don't know if you remember this glenn where um, don's players are claiming for a penalty while better won the ball from a corner um, i thought the yeah. play went down too easily yeah me too it looked like a huge dive yeah. there was even any contact at all to be honest with you i didn't on the night I, I think i said on twitter no no chance that was a penalty but um you know they're down there they're scrapping i'm, I'm sure that you know they, they're looking for anything they can as an advantage but um i felt like if they just played the game right they were maybe going to be the first team to score a goal anyway and 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 then the game did change ollie and interestingly it changed for us through an injury yeah. Norm, normally norburn going off with an injury would be devastating to us um but actually him going off for me completely changed the game um because it just forced us to play one of the three central midfielders a bit more forward and Chappers just found that space he's been finding and in the in the period between when he first came on and, and the end of the first half Chapman was pretty decent and it just changed the flow of the game didn't it um and yeah I, I think I said that in the end um it, you know he helped <laughs> Norburn getting injured helped us get our goal in the end which we'll come to in a second but yeah it, it, it's unfortunate for Norburn and we hope he shakes his injury off uh, at some point soon but um it seems it's been a little bit more of a, a longer term niggle than they thought on the night by the sounds of Ollie. Yeah, it's not doesn't sound well. It doesn't sound good, and the injury hopefully will come back soon. In terms of um, yeah, Chapman coming on and played in the number ten role rather than having kind of I don't know three sixes or three eights, however you want to describe it. I don't know why we didn't play Vela in that number ten role. Been kind of oh gosh. Well, yeah, but if you're gonna if you're gonna play Vela, but if you're gonna yeah. play those three, I mean, if you're starting those three, I'd like to see Vela in that number ten role um, to yeah, see how he yeah. do in that role. And obviously he hasn't done it for a while, but yeah, it'd be good to see him play that role. But um, yeah, it's fair to say that um, yeah, Chapman came on and showed his bit of quality in this game. So yeah, Doe does really well pressing and working hard to win the corner. Yep. Um, the, the corner is played short um, to Obeta, who plays a really nice pass with really good weight on it to Chapman, who curls it kind of like towards goalkeeper and away into the corner, into the back of the net. And yeah, absolutely brilliant goal and his fifth goal of the season and yeah, without his goals, Glenn, we'd be uh, we'd be <laughs> in trouble. I think that's fair to say. He's, at, he's having his own personal goal of the season competition, Chapman, isn't he? At the moment, he's had four, five goals, and four of them have been absolute bangers. And one of them was that sort of one where he finished off the Wally cross really, really well, close range in against um, yeah. MK Dons, I think it was. So you know, all five of his goals have been really good, but four of them have been really good. Um, you know, really, really good. Um, and yeah, he's he's just fantastic. And and it's it's frustrating, isn't it? At the moment, he talked about. I think we didn't mention this podcast. He talked about. I think he missed the Bristol Rovers game, didn't he? Um, because he said he was jaded and he needed a rest. So clearly, getting to play football every week for him is something that he's starting to struggle with Ollie because he's obviously not played at Blackburn for a while um, and he's come into this team and he's played game after game after game after game I think he's one of the ones that you know he is absolute class and genuine match winner but he's the one that we're starting to see that maybe can't do that every game now the fatigue starting to hit him well I was going to talk about this actually when we got to him being substituted his goals are fantastic scoring goals in football is the hardest thing and Mm. his long range shots are fantastic for me he doesn't offer enough in open play 
And I think this is the reason probably why he doesn't he doesn't play for Rovers. He isn't he wasn't anywhere, you know, was around their first team. Mm. In yeah. in against so in the against against Rovers, I remember looking at um um soccer score in terms of looking at some of the data and he had at one point he had a pass completion of thirty five percent, which which is pretty poor. And then in the so I'm gonna go ahead now to the Fleetwood game. So yeah, in the on. Fleetwood game, um he was really poor, I thought, and I think he was quite right that he yep. was substituted. Very poor. In the Wimbledon game, he was he was all right. He didn't do too badly off the ball. So in terms of he came on um, and played fifty eight minutes against Wimbledon. Um, he made twenty four passes. Um, he had twenty four passes, um, sixteen successful, and touched the ball thirty times. In the Fleetwood game, he played nearly twenty minutes, nearly about twenty minutes more. He touched the ball less, and Jeez. he um, passed the ball less. So he actually received the ball half the amount of time that he did um, in the Wimbledon game in the Fleetwood one. So yeah, and I just I don't know I just yeah, I'm sure people will be probably wondering being quite puzzled now, but I don't know I just don't think he offers enough in open play yet. He he, he does really well defensively. His scoring goals is absolutely fantastic, um, but yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't think at the moment he'd be a, a player that would start in a top six side in League One because I don't no. think he offers enough. Obviously, goal scoring is eight you know ten out of ten. A, a, a class amazing um, but I think just his passing um, he hasn't done an assist yet Glenn, in, in nine games mm, and you're a number 10 and I think you know especially when you have a number 10 and how we played we, we played against Fleetwood yes you know he, he wasn't brilliant and the midfield wasn't great but if your number 10 is only getting the ball you know receiving the ball getting the chance to do 12 passes in nearly three quarters of a game it, mm. it tells you that yeah he's not doing so great is he, you know, is he? Are we starting to see that he could potentially be what a lot of people would describe as a luxury player? I.e., during that good run and and during during when we when we were doing well, you know, you've you've got a good solid side around him that know what they're doing, the plan works, and and he then stands out as that cherry on the top, that that match winner that we probably don't have other than maybe Wally. Let's be honest about it. You know that that little bit of class that was winning us those marginal games. But when you get a team that suddenly the form drops off and fatigue hits or whatever the reasons are for what's happening at the moment, sometimes they can look like the biggest liability as much as they can look like the most class player and I think we've maybe seen that over the last week or so in terms of Chapman you've, you've kind of seen how he can be our best player but he can also be someone that we carry through a whole game like we did against Fleetwood then it's a really interesting discussion I don't think he's I don't think anyone is uh, is immune from criticism for the run in the last three games they, they're due all the praise in the world for getting us back into into the safety that we are now in terms of the season and potentially out of the relegation battle still but you know no one's immune for criticism from, from poor performances and certainly Chapman and a few of the others have started to throw them in now so it is it is a fascinating discussion um, I just hope we see more, more, more of the better of him. And if that means he needs to sit more games out and rest so that he gives us more in the ninety minutes, I'd, I'd rather see that. I'd rather he didn't play two games back to back and the second one be like Fleetwood. I wouldn't say he's a luxury player. For me, a luxury player is, is like a number ten that doesn't really work very hard. Um, and yeah, I think he does he work up. hard, but I just don't see him doing enough. Maybe his passing and and his dribbling and and his you know setting up assists. So I think that's something he needs to work on. Now, interestingly. If he obviously he's got he's got a big decision to make this summer. Do I go to a Shrewsbury Town or a Fleetwood or you know Wimbledon or something like that? Someone you know middle middle or lower level League One, or does he try and go to a Peterborough or an Ipswich or someone like that? For me, I think going to someone like Ipswich or or Pompey or Sunderland would for me would be a huge mistake. He needs to play games and he needs easy. to earn his craft. It's easy, isn't it? You can imagine it being attractive to go to a big league one side. But the but for me, the most important thing for his development now is to play games. And hopefully we can offer those games and also have the coaching and the mm. management to make him a better player. I'm not convinced he will pick us, Ollie. As there were some positive positives in the press this week, wasn't there? And a, a couple of things in the Shropshire Star. And I think he did an interview talking about how well he's enjoying his time at football in Shrewsbury and he's settled and all that sort of thing. And it's great. There's there's obviously a chance we could sign him, but I don't know what football's like. You know, if he was, if I was him and someone offered me another grand a week or something ridiculous like that, there's no way you're going to come but here just to play get ten that money 20. easily, couldn't it? And that's my point. So I think yes, his money's a great one. So yeah, he I don't know. Say he should try to Shrewsbury. He's on our average wage, a couple of grand a week, whatever. Yeah, he could go to Pompey, maybe get three. But mm. if he does really well for us, he could go and get 15 in the championship. Yeah, um, yeah it's, a, it's a tricky decision. Yeah. So for me, you yeah. know, he needs to play those games. How old is he now? 21, 22, something like that? Um, he needs to be playing games. But anyway, yeah, we, we came to that discussion earlier than I expected. And obviously came off on Saturday. But yeah, it's worth, worth I thought, covering it at that point. <laughs> it's fine. There's not much to talk about in these games <laughs> we go no. through. So we might as well have the more rounded discussion. Anyway, that was it. 1-0 one, one at half-time. That looked decent enough. You know, you thought we'd go on and, and hold on, hopefully. And Wimbledon hadn't been... 
Um, they were hugely impressive in that in yeah. that period after Chapman came on. They really sat back, but um, obviously they came back into second half. I think it's just worth mentioning, Ollie. This might have been the worst half time I've had during this lockdown period at home because I'm getting a bit fatigued watching Shrewsbury Town on streams. To be honest with you, especially when the quality of the games is not brilliant, but also because you know the season's petering out now. You know it's. You know we've still got a bit to do, haven't we? But we're not we're not going to do anything exciting. The, the streams are going to become a bit more. Ugh, I don't know. I love watching Super Town, but I just I'm just sick of it. I want to be there. But anyway, Radio Shropshire at half time on this game. I don't know. You you might not have caught this. I don't know if it was on the stream or, or was just on the radio. But they obviously Mark Mark Elliott and Dunny weren't involved, and there was just a guy in the studio who didn't know anything about football. Sounded like he'd been dragged in there against his will to present a 15 minute segment between first and second halves. Just clueless and they just play music and and I'm I'm sick of radio shops getting away with it because I used to I used to travel to and from the Shrewsbury games all the time, right? And li- and listen, try and listen to some of the local radio on the way home to kind of get a flavour of you know what we went to Hartlepool. What did Hartlepool have to say? And, yeah. and you know the, the Hartlepool, ra- and you know they go straight in. There's never any music on other local radio stations. It's it's ridiculous that Radio Shropshire keep doing this. And like they always try and fit in two songs at half time and, and songs pre match, post match. They try and, f- well, not so much post match, I'll give them credit on that. But this guy just played three, four songs during half time, didn't say anything. I'm like, you're supposed to be a sports show. You know, I, I know James Bond reasonably well and he's the editor there. And fair enough, you know, he's worked there all these years. But I, I really wish they'd, they'd up their analysis and. and I don't know. For sports content on a sports show. to find 15 Shrewsbury Town fans. Jesus Christ, yeah. You know, yeah. like Killy Shoe or Chris, um, you know, who goes to the way support, I'm uh, sorry, in the um, sports parliament. You know, there's loads of fans that would be willing to be, you know, their half-time guest and chat for five minutes. Mark Elliott's brilliant at just thinking of questions off the top of his head. Yeah, he's good. And yeah, have a player song, then do a bit of an analysis of the no. game. Don't play a song. Would be, I'm going to say, even if you just played one, <laughs> that's fair enough. But but they played nothing but music. But I'm saying, why don't you just have five yeah. minutes of chat about the game, what the fans thought, what the view was, or they could do it themselves. I understand that Stewie Dunn needs a rest. That's fair enough. He needs a break, a cup True. of tea. Yeah. But yeah, I totally agree with you, Glenn. There should be something at half-time. And there's enough sensible Shrewsbury Town fans out there who'd, who'd be willing to you know, be on rotation or whatever. And they, you know... Everyone wants. Every, you know, a lot of people are happy to kind of share their opinion and go on the radio. So, yeah, for me, I think it's quite poor cool that they don't do something. It was, it was honestly, it was so dull. And this isn't, you know, it's it's a bit of a rant about Radio Shropshire because I think it's more noticeable. Like, I'm an, I'm normally at the matches. I normally never listen to Radio Shropshire at half time. Do you know what I mean? It's as as a fan that goes to the games. This is this is the most interaction I've ever had. We're listening to live Radio Shropshire commentaries. No, normally I'm I'm always there. And I think it, it is noticeable that our, our radio shows can sometimes be very. And I hate to use the word, but they're a bit Shropshire. You know, they're a bit, you know, well, middle of the road. Well, let's continue the, um, the, let's continue <laughs> the BBC Shropshire and let's get out of the system now. Yeah. Oh, go on. There's two you things to me. One, I was a bit surprised by all the hockey updates. I thought it was quite funny <laughs> in the yeah, Shropshire game. Um, yeah, a bit more Telford. At least chat. that was sport. Yeah, I guess it had some sport. And then all the capitals <laughs> on, on Twitter, which I find a bit odd. Um, the overuse of capital letters <laughs> is a bit strange. Um, but yeah. What did you think of the hockey, Glyn? Uh, well, I wasn't a big fan of the hockey updates, but you know there was a lot of goals in the hockey, so it did give me some entertainment in the Fleetwood game, I suppose, and listening to someone scoring goals because it didn't happen at Shrewsbury. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, I we'll give Radio Shropshire some due credit. This is a pandemic; they are down on staff. People can't go to certain locations. Um, it's probably more it's probably more difficult for people to put things together. I'll give them some credit on that behalf and and say you know, but I've no idea whether it's like that normally. You know, when when I'm at the matches because I haven't been listening to it. But um, I, I would say I'd be surprised if there was a worst half time. On Radio Shropshire than this one on on the um, on the on the game on Tuesday night. So there we go. That's my random about Radio Shropshire's half time. Yeah, we've been off on some tangents today, which is quite funny. Um, because we've got nothing else to talk about, exactly. Ollie. There was nothing happening well, in the game. How really. many shots did we have in the second half? We had we had one officially because Woo! the other ones got disallowed. So yeah, so Shrewsbury Town were crap second half. And we were bad, and we went to we went to awful. Um, yeah, we had a, a sh- long and this was a shot from distance from Wimbledon, um, gathered unconvincing by Sartich. That was a bit of a, a concern. And then we had two disallowed goals, Glenn. So I'll do them both, and then get your opinion on both of them. So first of all, Daniels took a corner. Um, it was flicked on by Pennington, um, but then Odo though was standing offside um, yeah. and yeah that was yeah he was offside I thought and then the second one um, some good possession from Shrewsbury um, a, a Wally cross um, a better to Vela who chips it in for Maine um, who's yeah who was dis- who's, where the goal was disallowed um, so yeah what do you think of those two Glenn? 
It was a bit frustrating about the only two chances we created in the second half were both offsides. Yeah. <laughs> that was annoying. But um, yeah, the first one was definitely offside. Um, Ado was offside. You could you could see he was a fair distance behind um, the last man when uh, Pennington headed it. So I didn't really have a problem with that. It probably wouldn't have got given if Ado didn't run off like celebrating with his hands behind his arms because the referee went over to the linesman and the linesman's going to say, "Well, Ado's run off like he scored it, so he must have touched he it." He touched so it. Yeah. He should have just kept his hands down and been like, "Yeah, run over and celebrate with Pennington." He might have got away with that one. Second one's. More borderline, but also you can't 100% tell no, because the camera's camera. coming across. Um, but it looks it looked more marginal, didn't it? And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was on side, to be honest with you, but um, definitely a marginal call. But um, considering we had those bloody goals and, and offsides against um, Sunderland, you think you know one of them might have got loud because you know the law of football would, would average out, but unfortunately it's not going our way at the moment, was it? So yeah, first one was definitely offside. Second one I couldn't really tell because of the camera, but um, I didn't I didn't see post match whether they were complaining too much about that one. Yeah, um, and then yeah, Wally came on at wing back because I tell you what, we really are missing um, some players. Um, uh, obviously, I'm missing Love, who you never thought would have been played. We, never th- we wouldn't have thought we would be saying we miss Love um, after he was outcasted by um, Sam Ricketts. But yeah, that's where we are at the moment. Mm, um, mm. And then Wally must have been thinking it's 2018 all over again. <laughs> yeah, when he was playing as a, a wing back on the heights every higher. week. <laughs> yeah. So I thought actually Wimbledon, to be fair, they were much better in the second half. They had 57% possession in the second half. Yeah, um, yeah. They had yeah five shots and two on target and then they scored one of them. So scruffy goal, but I thought it was deserved for them. So basically Piggott, who's yep. a, I'd love to have Piggott in our team. He's a really good striker. Um, yeah, headers down um, to Sal, who headers home, oh, sorry, pokes it home, sorry, in front of Sarsic. Um, and yeah, not good anyway from a shooter's perspective. Yeah, I think it's Ebanks who's weak at the back post, gets it done by Piggott, doesn't he? And then I think Sarkic could have come out and tried to be a bit braver um, in terms of diving at the guy's feet. I mean, it's, it's still a pretty hard chance to say, but just felt like he didn't put put a million percent into it. Um, but yeah, just pretty lame goal to concede. We'd run out of ideas well before that, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and they had probably a couple of really sort of half chances around the edge of the box to win it, didn't they? Which would have been um, pretty disastrous to lose at home to Wimbledon. So yeah, it, you know, felt like at least a point was better than the, the game just before at Bristol Road. Um, but it was still, I'd still consider this to be, you know, after Bristol Rovers, it was a disappointing result. Still, I was hoping we get back to winning ways against a team that have not not been doing all that great recently. Totally agree with you, Glenn. It was a bit mm. disappointing, and I thought um, I thought the tweet from Murray was fantastic. I don't know if you saw this on the on the yeah. evening. Um, so basically, I did my normal um, you know summary of the game, um, where I said, yeah, at least it was another point. Um, so that's positive, I guess. And mm. he said, if that performance was a soup, it would be French onion. Food, but apart from the odd crouton, almost totally unenjoyable, uh, which I think was a good summary. And yeah, almost a summary for the whole week. Good old Murray. I used to used to like it when Murray did his articles for the fanzine. We'd ask him to write an article, um, and basically he just wrote an almost non, nonsensical, um, whimsical story about football. It was great his articles in the fanzine. So yeah, good old Murray. He does love his comedy. I went to see him do stand up comedy once. He was great. So um, yeah, he's, he's taken that into his career, which is, which is fantastic. So yeah, there we go. Nice one, Murray. We might have to call this one French onion and French onion are. soup. That might be a yeah. nice cryptic co- co- name for the podcast. But um, I don't know. Top three, Ollie. Let's wrap this game up and move on to the even less enjoyable one. Yeah. So I went. Better Williams and Chapman. Yeah, I went for better Daniels and Chapman. I mean, Chapman did well when he came off the bench, but um, he didn't play the whole game, so I couldn't really put him in the top two. I didn't feel, but um, particularly as he drifted out of his second half. But better and Daniels did a bit going down right and left wing. I thought in terms of trying to get up there, and their defensive work was solid enough. So I felt like those two two could um, could be involved. Interesting, you put Williams in your top two. We're going to come on to talk about him in the next yeah. game because um, yeah, he's, he's getting a lot of criticism at the moment. But um, yeah, there we go. That was one it. One more so, thing. One, one. What's missing then from this part? Uh, the uh, comments, yeah, yeah. post match comments. I didn't hear any. I, I I listened to them to him, and I've been listening to to. I haven't actually listened to um, Dave Longwell post the game on Saturday Fleetwood, and I I never really thought about this before. So, you know, you remember when back in the day when Doria um, Dor- used to do um, post match and pre match and stuff for in the checker trade and stuff instead of Paul Hurst. Yes, and I never really thought about it too much, and I thought assistants doing post-match and stuff that's fine yeah why not why not them doing it mm-hmm. but actually I've completely turned around managers have to do it because it's their team yep. and they're making the decision and they're a man the man who's accountable um, for those decisions and obviously I'm not criticizing Cottrell for it a nanosecond but it's really hard for, for the assistant manager to come out and kind of talk mm-hmm. about the team because it's it's just not really it doesn't feel right does it when he's try, he's trying to answer questions about why the team performed and he 
fair play to him, he he answers the questions the best he can, but he doesn't really give anything away, does he? No, and we ha- you have a duty under the AFL rules to put someone out there yeah. to do a post match conference to fill the paper paper articles and you know all of that, that all that sort of thing. And and I think that he, you know the fact that Longwell's doing them now maybe makes you feel a little bit like um, Aaron Wilbraham's been doing them all the way through. But what else can he say? He's probably said all he can say. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you know all you all you're really doing is giving a couple of quotes on on the game. Yeah, well we weren't very happy we drew. Oh yeah, we weren't very happy that we lost. <laughs> what more is there can say to say that they can't really? I don't think they they feel like they can go in and really you know, tear down exact reasons and players and stuff because it's a tricky situation they're in. It's not their team. They didn't they didn't they, did, they were part of the team that built it, but they didn't make the signings or pick the pick the team, no doubt, yeah. if Cottrell's still that deeply involved. If Cottrell isn't that involved, then I'd like to see them say, All right, we picked the team this week. This but is what didn't. we thought they we should do. do but they don't. No. Yeah. So it's it's difficult for them, isn't it? It is very difficult. And that's why we're gonna kinda of move on because it's yeah. They're a bit boring. Yeah, they are, well, no, <laughs> if I'm honestly yeah. yeah they are and that's why I'm putting them because they are a bit boring. But we're talking about it now we're gonna talk about it obviously for the Fleetwood game. No. So yeah, I think that covers that one. A point yeah, not the best, but a point, I guess, is, is better than nothing. And then, yeah, we move on to Fleetwood. However, the numerical disadvantage didn't stop the Shrews from going further in front. Louis Dodds finishing coolly and doubling the Shrews' lead. So, Ollie, we've just talked about the slightly more positive game this week, the 1-1 versus Wimbledon. Um, yeah, we're now going to have to cover Shrewsbury Town nil. Fleetwood 2, another traditional loss to Fleetwood, a team that we seem to have a pretty god-awful record against at the moment, and it's not like they're, you know, they've had a bit of money put into them, but you, you consider them to be a non-league team still, I do sometimes, but we keep losing to them, so maybe I should uh, <laughs> lower my uh, expectations, really. But yeah, goals from Wes Burns on 45, massive killer of a goal. And obviously, ex-player Kyle Vassell, 70 minutes. Um, so yeah, Ollie, it was not the best, was it? No, bloody Fleetwood always get a result against us, don't they? I thought hopefully with Joey Barton going on, um, <laughs> yeah. those days were long gone. But no, they were. Ugh, man. They, I'll tell you what, their fans and their players and their management will be proper chuffed. Um, so Simon Grayson's their manager now. Um, you know, they never got out of second gear all day, did they? Apart from <sighs> Wes Byrne when he ran once, um, and that was it. Really, game over. Um, proper professional job for them. Um, it didn't probably probably didn't really use it too much batteries in the tank. Um, mm. Nice, nice chippy butty probably on the way home, and yeah, job done. Uh, it's good, all good for them. So, who just started for Shrewsbury? Um, we played slightly different formation from the game when we started against AFC Wimbledon. Um, again, the same back line again: Pennington, Ebanks, and Williams. Daniel started again. Um, we had Vela and Davis. Obviously, with Norburn out injured, um, Ogbetta started again. Ogbetta's put a lot of minutes in, hasn't he, since he's come in? Yep. Um, and then we went for probably our best three in um, Chapman, Main, and Worley. Uh, mm-hmm. And I predicted this team lineup, and I don't think I should get any kind of gold stars for it because it was <laughs> the most likely lineup, wasn't it, Glenn? Well, you're not going to start bloody Walker, are you, when he's come back from an injury or, or can't really mess around with the goalkeepers in defence because we haven't really got any cover there at the moment. And um, I guess you pick your strongest team. I'd agree. Chapman, Wally, Main does seem the strongest team. But um, after Saturday, I'd, I'd even debate that, really. It's it's a, it's a bit of a toss-up between a few of them now. But I don't know. It, it, we've just got absolutely new squad depth. We talked about this last week, so we shouldn't labour the point. And um, the, the team is still picking itself a little bit. But... Um, yeah, no, no big changes. I think the best thing about the team news, Ollie, in terms of what I was reading, was that uh, no Paddy Madden for Fleetwood, um, the scourge of Shrewsbury, the the scorer of the most goals against us in you know the last twenty years, and um, yeah, on the bench, thankfully, he did come on and didn't score this time for once. But um, Carl Vassell did, and as we mentioned, he scored. And obviously, yeah, it, it's um, I don't know, I, I I feel like we we should hate Carl Vassell a lot more than we probably do as fans. I think he he tended to get like a little bit of um, a little bit of uh, oh yeah, he's doing well, Carl Vassell. I, I, he was awful when he came to us. That that spell he had with us was up there in the top ten worst loan periods for a player, um, and he seems to be putting reasonable performances in against us when we come across him again. I don't know. I got no time for Carl Vassell. He's, he's beginning to get on my nerves, and now he scored even more so. So yeah, oh, just, it was a bit of a sickener that he scored the winner. Really, well, well, yeah, it wasn't the winner, was it? He scored, he scored the, the, well, the second the goal, but yeah, yeah, the clincher, yeah. Um, so yeah, and um, before the game kicked off, um, the, the players we saw to me on social media, um, the players were wearing um, shirts for the gaffer. Yeah. Great, that's it. Was good. I think that you know, there's, there's, and we were going to mention this post match really, um, in terms of the update of the manager. But yeah, no update this week that I've seen. Ollie, you know, we do try. There and was an update in the, in the in the in the in the in the Thursday interview where he said that oh, okay. he's still in hospital um, and yes. he's he's. I don't know how to put this. He's still in hospital and he's. I don't think he's making great progress. Um, that's the kind of the impression I had. He's still in hospital and still needs to be there. Um, he's not home God. again yet. So hopefully, he can it's be back bad, home soon. I mean, yeah, he spent 33 days in hospital the first time, didn't he? And he's been in there eight, nine again now. You know, that's a, you're coming on towards a, 
a couple of months really if he's in there another couple of weeks and that's a long time to be in in hospital in a couple of spells and yeah you know I, I'll go back and listen to that interview just to kind of get the, the, the tense and the, the sort of I don't know the tone of the voice, whoever whoever it was. Use but, Aaron um, Wilbraham on Thursday. Aaron Wilbraham, it's it's not great, is it? And um, we're we're starting to look like we miss him. That was one of the things I feel like was was coming out of this game. Ollie. It was a lot of town fans saying you're starting to see the lack of Steve Cottrell being there uh, is coming through. Maybe that's harsh because we were doing well when he first went away, but um, maybe there's something in it. I don't know. But lovely for the club to do that. I think it's continuation of the um, the funds that were put in for um, the, the banner that we've seen now at the Meadow the last couple of games. And I think it was money from that that's gone towards those T-shirts to kind of put a smile on the manager's face. And I hope it did. Um, and, and, you know, as we keep saying, you just want him to get better. You know, hopefully they're giving him the right cocktail of, of medicine and um, we can get him back home and, and let him recuperate now and... I, I, you know, I'm gonna say this now. I think he won't be back until next season. It just, I can't see it. You know, if you've been this ill for this long, you're not gonna suddenly pitch up to work in 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 May. And even then, what would be the point if we're safe by? I don't know, six, seven games to go or even three or four games to go, you know, maybe you could come back and sit in the dugout just as a, a pick-me-up. But I don't really see the point, to be honest with you. If we were safe then, just go away and rest and come back 100% fit. Yeah, it's, it's really upsetting, isn't it, that he's still in hospital. Mm. Um, also, we've got him really well and it must be really stressful and upsetting for his wife and his family um, that he's not he's not back at home. And yeah, we wish him a speedy recovery. And I totally echo your points, Glenn. It's completely right you know we, we want him to be healthy we want him to be back um mm. you know fully fit and, and ready to go for next season um but it's it is very it's very concerning well this wouldn't have helped his mood this game no. no it won't i'm sure our results are probably not going to help his health either um so yeah we could do with a few wins to to make uh, make steve cottrell happier um and i think it's fair to say mate i think this was probably even though Ricketts' ball was horrendous, <laughs> this was a sleepy half. This was one of the worst games in the last couple of years, Ollie. In in all honesty, in terms of performance level, we've we've had some really bad performances. Like under Ricketts, we'd sit deep, and you could kind of see the the merit in the defensive approach because clearly he built a, sh- a bit of a shit team and he knew the only way to really get out of trouble was to kind of sit back um, and not let anyone come out of those roles. Now I felt like in this game it was a bit, not ill-disciplined, but just the effort levels were not where they need to be. Sleepy's a good word as well. There was a few players that just didn't seem to pick the pace up of the game at all and um, a bit a bit concerning how this game went for me. I mean, you know, we've only lost 2-0. It wasn't like we got battered, but in reality, they could, they could have scored more. And, and If they wanted we were, to. We were, yeah, as you say, they didn't get out of second gear. It was just so... We've, we've rarely made a win for the opposition as easy as that for, for a fairly long time, I would say. Yeah, it was easy for them. Mm. Um, that's why I'm saying they were probably Weird. really, really chuffed because they didn't have to really work very hard. Um, they got, you know, the striker scored a goal, a winger got a goal, hopefully. I saw their fans being a little bit critical of Wesburn. So, you know, I'd have him any week. He's one of the, for me, one of the best wingers yeah. in the league. But obviously, scored a few yeah, obviously Fleetwood fans know better than we do um, about him. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fantastic um, Saturday for them. And we were just poor, like... Half time came along, and I thought, I don't know. I just almost like literally, could, I could literally have fallen asleep in the first half. It was that boring. Just nothing happened. Um, it's hard to watch. I'd I'd agree with you. I mean, we love town, and and I saw a lot of people who are Shrewsbury Town fans sort of commented on this, saying, you know, I love watching town. I, I want to see my team every week. It's nice that we get the option of watching these streams, although we are paying thirteen pound for the privilege. If you've got a season ticket, let's not forget that. And you know. For thirteen quid, it wasn't value for money, and and it wasn't fun to watch. It wasn't fun to watch at all that game. And um, you know, it's not the first time we've said this the podcast. So let's not, you know, we're not hammering the team for anything. We've we've had games like this under all sorts of managers, even under Hurst when he first came in. But oh god, it was it was such a boring game to watch. And I I had no faith. Once we went one nil down, I had no faith we were going to come back into this game. It didn't didn't unless something miraculous happened and they made a triple sub just half time or something like that, just to mix it up. Um, then that was all I could see. But we obviously only went made one sub at half time, didn't we? So. It, it was just awful. Yeah, awful. It was poor. Um, so, yeah, um, there was a I guess the probably the highlight of the whole half from a Shrewsbury perspective um, was that a better cross into Maine. Um, keeper mm. did a really good job there, I thought. Um, otherwise, it would have been a certain goal. So, good goalkeeping there. Um, then, <laughs> I, put, I, put, I put in the agenda, would it? Maine's missed from there before, Ollie. You do, you've got to remember he was, that. He did yeah, he did. That was, he was close to where he had that famous miss at the other end. But yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if he did it again? Oh, man. That, I d- yeah. I can't even. I don't want to imagine that. Um, and then, yeah, there was a, maybe a little bit of something where basically um, Maine wins the ball and sets Wally free, um, but it was an easy save for the goalkeeper. I thought that was a poor effort. Wally in November, he would have scored that opportunity, don't you think, Glenn, if that would have been earlier? 
Yeah, I, I actually thought he did quite well um, on the, on that one. It's, it's a hard chance to take. He's beat the man. He's done the drop the shoulder. He's kind of given himself the angle, and he's you know so tried to do the Wally thing of bending it in you know top corner or right of the goalkeeper. And if you look at the goalkeeper, he does have to move to his right. It's not straight at the keeper. He's he has tried to bend it. He's got it slightly wrong. So. I couldn't really be too critical with Wally. It was nice to see someone run forward and actually have a shot because that was so rare in the game that um, you know you blinked awake, you know, it woke you up from from what was going on because we'd actually done something. But um, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe it's easy to say in confidence he would have just you know gone away and bent it in. But um, yeah, that, the confidence is draining away from all at the moment. And um, you know, we're about to get to their goal, which was right on half time. That was it. That's all that happened for us in the first half, wasn't it? And you know, I, I want to talk to to you about a few of the players that we've not mentioned so far. But what do you, what do you make of Pennington, Ollie? Um, I think he's a player who's coming back from injury. Um, he's mm. he's playing in a side that isn't very confident. He's quite tired. Um, I don't think it's such a fair test. He seems quite good on the ball. I think he's definitely better than he was in that Rovers game. God, he, he was terrible yep. in that Rovers game. But I thought he's been quite a steady Eddie this week. Yeah, he's not. Doesn't stand out as as brilliant, but he's he's not making huge errors at cost no. of goals. I agree, but you know, it, he's not he's not quick, and his distribution doesn't seem very good. But then I suppose Ebanks and Williams are in the same boat, aren't they? And when you play all three of them, you know, if you asked me what, what I would do is I would I would drop any of those for a fit Pierre. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, but I, then, I don't think any of them are on his level. You wouldn't you wouldn't you know? You, obviously, the manager on the team will see more of him. Not the manager. Let me start that again. The staff will obviously see him in training and kind of know what, where he at, where he's at. Um, he's for me, he's not fully fit, so I don't think it's a, f- a fully fair no. test yet. But um, I think it's um, fair to question him, every player at the moment, to be honest. Um, no yeah, we'll, we'll come to Davis and Williams yeah, second half, Ollie, because we'll I think you need to get to second half before we talk about those two. But um, that was it, really. And and then yeah, that that's that was half time. Well, the goal was, yeah, was ball, for them. Yeah, basically Williams gave the ball away. Um, Burns runs onto it. He has no pressure and he's running forward. He gets himself near the box. He steadies himself. Still no pressure, and he drills at home. Really good shot. I can't really blame Sarsic, but that was poor. Um, I, can't, I think it was Davis had the opportunity to go and press him just before he's going to mm. shoot, and he doesn't. And I don't understand why he doesn't do that. I guess he's not fully fit and all ready to go as well. But yeah, really poor goal to concede. But it wasn't a surprise, was it? No, they'd been pushing, and it was it was it felt like a matter of time till they got a goal. I mean, it's a killer of a time to concede, isn't it? Just on half time, I think that probably did for us the last little bit of confidence we might have had because it's just always a bit of a, a blow to the solar plexus, isn't it? When you concede on half time, but yeah, they deservedly were ahead at half time, and we sort of trudged off. They went off to the the power league bar for a drink and get. <laughs> Yeah, because the opposition players are um, getting changed in the bar now, aren't they? But um, apparently, which is a change to the process. I believe because um, Town have been a bit miffed about some of the places they've sent to get changed, so they're deciding to go tit for tat, which I'm all behind, Ollie. I li- like a bit of pettiness like that, that's fine. <laughs> um, I can't remember if I mentioned that last week now, but I'm still still behind that approach. Um, but yeah, I suppose um, uh, that was it really for half, uh, say we were one nil down. I guess there was a bit of a discussion about main half-time, prompted by me, as usual, getting really angry at people uh, for, for various reasons. But yeah, you know... I suppose I'll set my stall out really. I, I, over the course of the ninety minutes, really, I, I'm starting. You know, Maine hasn't scored a goal from open play, which is which is fair enough. But he's not the only shoot town striker to have ever walked into this football club and not managed to do that. And um, you know, we joked and did the comparison. Say we'll do comparisons to Will Grigg, um, who we obviously were trying to sign and play play a shape that would suit him. You know, Grigg's I think on three or four goals now, maybe even more than that. He, he scored again the other week on Tuesday night. Um, so the, the comparison is not great, but he is working hard, Maine. I, I would completely agree with you, and he's he's trying to work too hard for me. He's coming really, really deep a lot of the time to try and get the ball on halfway or you know he's coming back for every corner to head it away which he's doing really well at but then he's getting caught downfield and we break so there are lots of reasons why you know the system and the shape we're playing for aren't helping but I I don't know I've still got no faith that even if he was up there to snaffle a chance up he's actually going to take it because um you know just because I think I made him scarred for the last time but yeah you thought I was being a you thought I was being a bit harsh on him, didn't you? You think it's more structural than than the player? Yeah I think I think how to put this without being overly direct and, and mean I think it's 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 too easy just to blame the strikers for not scoring goals let's put it that way it's all you know obviously they're a part of the attacking unit but if he's he's not missing chances is he but he isn't getting any and also he's a part of that his passing I thought actually was quite poor on Saturday um, he, he was dreadful yeah, his passing game, was really poor in this game but at the same time he wasn't you know it's not just about someone said oh we should need to sign strikers who can create chances themselves they cost about 150 million. Like, come on! Like, we're not expecting Maine Crawley to to run all the way through down a pitch, go past four people, and score. You know, we know he's going to score goals by us creating opportunities for him. Um, we just create lack of creativity. You talked about it in the last game, Glenn, didn't you? About when you looked at the team sheet against FC Wimbledon, you didn't really see where the goals mm. were coming from. 
he's dropping deep because that's how he plays. He's a target man. He's coming deep. He's getting the ball. Um, but he needs players going beyond him and running. Um, and we're not doing that. And we're not keeping the ball. We're, you can't, you know, okay, against Peterborough, we did a really great job, didn't we, counter-attacking, playing the ball forward, Chapman running to space. But the oppositions aren't giving us those opportunities now because obviously they've watched the tape and see how we play. So we're going to have to pass the ball and, and kind of create space through passing and movement. And that is our biggest weakness. We just can't do that. Um, we can only really score on the counter-attack. And that's why yeah, I'm worried yeah. is that we said it a few weeks ago, we don't score goals. So going back to your point, I think it's I think it's too easy just to blame the strikers and say we're not scoring goals. Um but it's not, I wasn't blaming him for not scoring the goals in, in entirely. There are things about his game that I don't think are helping us very much at the, at the moment. And I think that, you know, it's good to say he's coming deep and that's the role he plays. I'd like to see him occupy the centre-backs a bit more. He's a big, burly bloke. And in these last three games, he's barely upset any of the three centre-backs at all during the entire game. You know, he's a big bloke. We were wishing that Cummins would play a bit more a few months ago and come on and put his elbows in because Ado wasn't doing it. And I thought we, we thought when Main first came in those first couple of games, he'd be the man to do that. And yeah, it kind of bounces up to him occasionally and he knocks it off. But, you know, how many times has he played someone in? He did it later on in this game, didn't he? We put Wally in, but that, that was about it, really. And I don't know. He's not got as many assists. He's got two assists, I think, hasn't he, from that really good first couple of games. And after that, I feel like... You know, like everybody, Ollie, it's not specifically a criticism just main because I've bat- batted a couple of players so far. But, you know, he's not immune to criticism. It's not like he's playing really well and the rest of them are letting him down. I think that there are lots of things about everyone's positional sense, their attacking ability, what they're trying to do, how they're trying to undertake these plans that's that's not going very well. And, um, you know, for, for a player that's come from the Scottish Premiership where he had been scoring the occasional goal, I, I think I'm not, I, I don't think it's unfair to say I think I expected more from Maine. So you talk about his position and you're saying he doesn't know how to play up front. No, I said I think that at the moment the, the plans they're trying to put into together. I think that as a striker, and I, you know, God, I played up up front as a, as a target man for, for Sunday League for years, and also for the away supporters. And Christ, I wasn't brilliant at it by any stretch of the imagination. And you know, I didn't I didn't get coached as a professional footballer. But I know that there are certain things you can do in terms of occupying a centre back and not letting your frustrations of not being involved in a game cause you to keep coming back to try and get the game. And when we spring our counter attack, suddenly you're behind Wally or you're behind Chapman as they break, and you don't need to be in that situation. Sometimes you need to kind of be up there and I get it that he's not missing chances Ollie one thing I'd say about that is because he's not always in the box like he was in the box that one we missed in this game um, where it could have gone to him if the keeper had got it but how many other times was he really in the box as a, as a really good option to knock it to he, he did come deep a lot Ollie and you know I, maybe we've, you know we've just picked on one player we're going to talk about Davis and Williams and we'll probably have very similarly harsh discussions about him I, I just think that in this formation at the moment you know, if we'd have if we'd have played bought Will Grigg, we were playing a different formation. We're, we're trying to play a formation. And if we had Will Grigg, we wouldn't be creating chances for him either because we don't we can't pass and move. Would we though? Would we? I I think that putting I think that putting Maine in this team has caused our attacking output to go down so significantly because we find there is an easy option to play it long or straight to him every time instead of trying to play a bit more football. It is happening. Us, you know, it happened in this game for definite. It was too easy for the defenders to just knock it long and think Maine will get that. And at nine times nine times out of ten, he didn't. We haven't changed our style at all. We've we've carried on. Basically, he's just replaced a dough. He's playing the same role Ado was, and there's absolutely no way. That wasn't working either, Ollie. No, well, no, it wasn't. <laughs> but there's an absolutely no way you're playing. You can't change your attacking. You're not going to be able to coach the team when you're only having half sessions and basically recovering on in, when you've got two game weeks. If we, I think, I think getting Maine was a much better decision because we play carry on playing with a target man, and we're better when we attack fast. You know, we we, we criticize you criticize Davis, we criticize Vela, we criticize Norburn for his poor passing. They're not. They're not magically going to be better at passing just because we've got a different striker up front. I, th- I think Grig, Grig would have been. Grig wouldn't have had any chances. Just the same as that. Main and I'll say Main does get in the box and he's there when we do cross it. But our attacking play is so poor that those chances don't come. I just. I, I don't. I don't get that argument that we'd do better if we had a different striker. I, I just don't think we were good enough at, at possession football. And that's what was the problem with Ricketts. He mm. he tried to play possession football with players that can't play that way. I'm not convinced. Let's leave it at that, Ollie, because otherwise we'll have a big argument about it. I just think that he's he's a stopgap player that we've got in to try. Oh yeah, he's a stopgap. Yeah, it is. Of course he is. I never said he was going to score goals. I yeah, just... I don't think he's playing very well. That, that's it, I suppose. And and you, you think he's probably doing slightly better than that. It's fine, but you can't say he's an outstanding player. No, I never for us said in these that. Last four I'm just saying yeah. he's he's doing the best he can, and he's playing in a side that isn't very good at attacking football. So that's why he's not scoring goals because we're not yeah. very good. I, I wouldn't even say he was the worst player against Fleetwood. No. And it was just because we had this discussion about him, didn't we? And you wanted to kind of pick it up because you like to batter me for my stupid ideas. But that's more than welcome to do that, Ollie. It's fine. But yeah, I just I just you know like a lot of players. 
Perez. He's just not he's not doing what he needs to, to do in terms of his overall contribution to the game. But it does rely on everybody contributing to the game. And if three or four of you let yourself, three or four of them let the rest of the lads down, everybody looks shit. Let's be honest about it. And that's what happened in the second half as well. So yeah, it was it wasn't great, was it? And um, I don't know. We'll move on to second half now, Ali, because we I say we did make a change, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We brought Daniels off, which I thought was a bit a bit harsh on Don Daniels. Um, I don't think he was the worst player in that half, but in terms of making one substitution and changing the tactics, he probably was the likely change to make. He was the most obvious one, mm. I thought. We brought Goss on to go um, basically four at the back. Um, so then, yeah, he, he came off. Goss went in the number 10 role. Goss looked better, didn't he? I thought Goss it made us look better. Yes. Um, and he's probably yep, he probably one of the best performing players on the pitch. Um, he, he didn't deserve to get dropped, Ollie, is my view. No. You know, in the end, that run, he was really good. But was good, he dropped suddenly... or rested? We don't know, do we? Who knows? Um, he can't have been that untied. He didn't play the start of the season. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one because he was probably one of our most informed players and suddenly got rotated out and, and you know been, been missed most of these games where we've been poor. It's a bit of a strange one. Yeah, I, th- I think well, it's probably the fact he wasn't playing earlier in the season means he's probably going to get tired quicker now because he hasn't got that match fitness in, in his legs. But yeah, he came on and I thought he did okay. Um, but to be honest, there wasn't really a lot to talk about in this in this half. Was it? There was that terrible um, shot wide by Goss, which Stuart Dunn thought was close. Bless him, obviously the wrong yeah. angle for that. Um, and then, yeah, you're going to explode now, Glenn. So, yeah, Vassal finds the, the gap between Ebanks and Williams. A simple pass, and he puts in the back of the net. Like, the defending there was atrocious, and, and Williams was well off the pace there. Didn't trap the man at all. No, um, it was a really bad goal, and obviously being Vassal was just salt in the wounds, wasn't it? But um, yeah, very slack marking, very poor uh, from from the defence in general, and I think it brings us to Williams, doesn't it? Because he seemed to be the one that everyone was sort of picking out as the worst performing defender on Saturday, um, and he's been getting progressively more grief in these last three games, and, and maybe the run of five where we've not been brilliant, but... Um, I don't know. What do you make of him? He's gone off, hasn't he? His passing, particularly, obviously for the goal, the first half was was not great. But he's definitely definitely dropped a few levels and doesn't look half the player. Maybe not half. Doesn't look a quarter of, of, as good um, without Pierre next to him. I don't think. He doesn't look as good as, as Pierre. But he did all right when we was playing in the central defensive e banks. I think he's just another player with just too many games and. Yeah, he looks a little bit devoid of confidence and yeah, he gave the ball away for the first goal and was unfortunately involved in poor position for the second. It happens, League One players are inconsistent, but yeah, it wasn't his best game and I'm sure it's a game that he'd like to forget quite quickly. And and luckily for him, he has the chance on Tuesday night to put it right. Exactly. Well, we'll come to that, Ollie. I mean, yeah, that was it. You know, if it wasn't game over at 1-0, it was definitely game over at 2-0. It was 20 minutes to go and um, yeah, we didn't do anything, did we? The only things that stood out really from the rest of that game was um, Chapman went off, got subbed off, didn't shake Wilbraham's hands. He went down the tunnel. I think Aaron Wilbraham had to chase him down the tunnel and, and have words, which was not great to see. But I think post-match it was more of a case of him being frustrated with himself rather than being pissed off that he got subbed off. But I suppose you would say that, wouldn't you? Um, which so comes we'll back to, to my point, wasn't it, which I made in, in the AFC Wimbledon game that he doesn't offer he didn't offer enough in this game as I said he had yeah, he's, yeah. you know he had 20 minutes more he had half as many of, of passes of the ball uh, when he did pass it he wasn't very good um, and yeah if you're playing if you're playing in that number 10 role you know you're key to that team's attacking intent and, and threat and he was poor and he'll learn from it but um, yeah it was good to thought the way um, Wilbraham managed that and the last one we were going to talk about briefly but maybe let's not labour the point because they were all rubbish but Davis Considering he's come in and started getting starts now, you know, if we were looking for a lift from an experienced championship player like Dave Davis, um, we're a bit sorely disappointed, aren't we? He's come in during this bad run and and not been anywhere near it, really, has he? Yeah, he. Did. I thought in the first few games he's, he was quite tidy on the ball, but in this game he seemed when he came on, yeah, yeah. he was quite tidy and he was quite um, effective. This game, like even he does a lot of simple passes, so that's easy, isn't it? It's like um, there was a really interesting stat in the week about MK Dons when they lost to Gillingham. And basically, 52% of their passing was between their defenders and goalkeeper, which is pretty horrendous. And a lot of his passes, so he's got, he had 80% pass completion in this game, which is really good, but they were nothing passes to no one. Um, they weren't, you know, raking passes or passes to create opportunities. Um, and yeah, everyone stunk the place out, and yeah, Davis was, was poor. And, and I think you're right, Glenn, you know, he's come from the Championship. I mean, yes, he hasn't played a lot of games for Birmingham recently, but he's played a lot of games in the Championship. So you would expect more from him, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. I would, I would. Um, I suppose that's it. I'm not going to level it more. I'd like to see another game from him. He's only early into his career, but um, 
yeah, maybe like you were talking about, Chapman, his fitness levels need to get back up as well. So um, we'll have to see on that one. Same with Pennington. That was it, really. I mean, context, context, context. We've been pretty depressed this week about these two games, particularly this second one. But, you know, add it to all the other results. It wasn't the worst, you know, in terms of this this getting us back out of trouble. We've still got a nice cap to relegation results. But I think it's only fair to review a game on its merits. And that was a bloody awful game. So did you did you give it a top three, Ollie? Yeah, I did. Maybe I'm a bit overly generous. Maybe, um, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's Dan Hoff influencing me. But yeah, I went for Gossie first. Walker, who came on as a sub um, second half. And then I went for Daniels because I don't think he did anything wrong. So an odd top three. But no one stood out, really. Um, Walker came on and played right back. That's how bad we are in, our, in that position. Hilarious. And it raises the question, where is, where's Ryan Sears in the pecking order at the moment? So, yeah, you do your top three, Glenn, and where, where do you think Sears is? Or, Below Walker. Yeah. <laughs> and that. Pennington. I mean, my top Pennington three played right back as well. Well, yeah. And Williams. There's three cent- There's two centre-backs and a centre-midfield ahead of Sears, so it doesn't look great for him in his contract renewal discussions that are about to start in the next few weeks. But um, for me, yeah, I'm not giving a top 10 points, not giving a man of the match for that game. It was awful. They were all poor. Um, so I'm not giving a 10. I'll give five points for a second place to Goss, and I'll give three points to Ogbetter, who was a bit honest and did keep running, but it could have been Daniels. It was a bit of a toss-up between those two, but that's it. I'm only giving a second and a third place, Ollie. I think that's a fair reflection of, of the game. Um, so, yeah, now, there you go. Yeah. Loss and a draw this week. Not the best, and we'll come to predictions in a second, but I, I think we'll go straight into this, yeah. Ollie, because obviously we've talked around it, but why? why do you think... You know, the question is, why do you think the form has dropped off now in these last five games? Yeah, just to give a bit of context, I think it's worth mentioning, obviously, that we're, we've been doing fantastic under the manager. Um, we yeah, were, amazing. I think if we carried on with Ricketts, I'd reckon we'd probably be bottom or maybe level, you know, be down there with um, with Rochdale, I think. I think it would be definitely, you know, <laughs> proper relegation. And I think, you know, other fans would be saying, yeah, Shrewsbury are one of the guaranteed teams to get relegated. So context-wise... I think we've done fantastic. This is the first time um, in, we've had three games in the league and not one, which is pretty good because for Shrewsbury's record and where we are. So I've managed to come in, take over a team that was destined for relegation. is fantastic. And that's where sometimes people get a little bit over the top sometimes in terms of, oh, you're going off about Shrewsbury, you know, need to sit back and calm down. Well, we're talking about the games specifically and now we're yep. reflecting back. So, yeah, why have we dropped? It's really fascinating, isn't it, Because we were both saying, oh, it's great, we've got a settled side. I think that's probably contributed a little bit to us being tired. So I think for me, the two major reasons I'd say, and I'll let you come back and I'm sure I'll add a few more afterwards. For me, the two ones, I think we are mentally and physically tired from the the the, the stress of the manager, the stress of um, everything that's going on, two games a week. Um, I, think we're just, I think we're just physically tired and mentally tired. I think I agree with you. I, I, I was saying I th- I'm really pleased with the consistent team selection when we were going through that run, but I would agree with you that my naivety as to, to that has come home to roost in that people are starting to look tired and players that have not played a significant amount of football for some seasons and, and you know, Pennington, um, Chapman and uh, who's the other one that's come in recently, but you know, all three of them had not played a lot of football and you know they've come in, they've used the adrenaline and got them through those first few games and now they'll probably maybe drop off a little bit. Not surprised by that, but I, I do agree with you, the mental side of it's massive and I, I really think that the players learning that Steve Cottrell had had this massive setback and had, had to go back to hospital was probably more telling on their mental state than probably anything going on at the moment because you know a football club is run by a manager a strong presence a strong personality that binds the fans the players the staff and and they all unify under this one figurehead at a football club and for a football club to go without that figurehead for so long is is you know upsetting for us to see the stuff he's going through but for players i i believe it is going to be incredibly difficult for them to deal with and the initial bounce a lot of that was probably because they they fell in love with him straight away because of the, the way he came across to us as well um, and they wanted to do it for Steve and you kind of push yourself through that but eventually when you see that something's not getting better that kind of goodwill and that extra energy kind of gets ebbed away a little bit so for me I think that the, the little setback that Steve Cottrell's had has probably played a little bit of a part in these two maybe three poor performances in this last um, week or so because it, it's got to be really hard for them um, to, to kind of deal with that on a daily basis and know your manager isn't there and it's it's this influx situation really. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Glenn. If you look when the manager went into hospital during kind of like Christmas, New Year, yeah, we we had a couple of good results, didn't we? Um, where we beat um, Peterborough, um, we had obviously the win against Swindon and then we beat Sunderland. And then since then, it was a draw, a win, a loss, a draw, a loss. You know, it's not the end of the world. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not, not jump, we're not jumping us. out the window or anything <laughs> like that. It's a shame we didn't play Ipswich because I reckon we would have won that game. 
Yeah, that we made too. three runs in a row, and we obviously be three points higher up in the division. Um, and we have got games in hand as well. Um, but I think another another point as well. I think I think is key is I think we're really missing Pierre in defence. You you alluded to that in the in the second in the second yep. game, and I think actually we miss Norburn as well. Um, you know, you've been we've been, we've both been critical um, of Norburn at times in terms of you know your expectations of him. Um, he said it mm. himself; he wasn't playing great at the start of the season. He then hit those highs. He's probably dropped a little bit, yep. um, but I think we miss him as well on Saturday. Yeah, I, not, especially with Davis not being where he needs to be, it's not a, there's no natural made replacement. Uh, I think I'd probably like to see maybe the way Goss has played in some of these games recently. Why not play Goss yeah. and, a bit deeper with Vela and play Chapman? I wouldn't mind seeing no, that at the moment. But mix. yeah, I think that's a fair comment. And I think it's just you know the fatigue of this season must be wearing players down as well. You know, God, you look at what's going on with Liverpool and lack of fans. I think you know there's obviously an element there of what's gone on at that football club this season. I think that not having fans in the stadium, the whole thing is probably just tiring players now as we get towards the end of. The season and I think combined with what happened at our football club and obviously the other thing we should consider is the fact that a lot of these players had COVID and there's still probably some lingering effects there as well so we did really well to come back from the COVID the way we did and that was fantastic and has probably played a part in keeping us up this season but I think Lewis Cox said the phrase I always felt like there was going to be a drop yeah. and there obviously was we were on sort of record breaking run to be honest with you it was never going to stay as brilliant as that um, I'd like the wheels not to come off completely and we really need to not lose away at Rochdale in this next game because they're bottom of the league and that would just be pretty devastating to more, more mental states I suppose um, so if the wheels don't come off completely and we kind of limp towards the end of the season no no, no, no harm no foul really for me Ollie. yeah as long as we can stay up that's all that matters isn't it really like you said yeah. You know, a bit of entertainment and stuff in a, in a dreary lockdown period uh, is would be would be fantastic, um, but it is what it is. Um, and yeah, yeah, I think yeah, for me, the manager missing is probably the biggest, um, and then fatigue and all these other things all contribute as well to to to, to not winning games. And fingers crossed, we can we can get a, a win soon um, because I think that would give the players a bit of confidence. Um, again, it would be fascinating to see. Um, Tuesday night was fascinating. We had no idea what team was going to be selected, and I think this Tuesday is going to be the same again. Glenn. We're not going to show mm. who's going to who's going to come in. And I guess just talking about players' injuries, and we mentioned Pierre. There was a, a little rumor going around. I don't know if it was created by someone, but it's a question for you, Glenn. Um, or question for both of us, but you can answer it if you want. Um, it was from from um, young Glenn, and it said, "Is there more um, to the eye that why Pierre isn't playing? Is he really injured?" Yeah, Matt, Bur- Matt Burgess, the guy that works in the media team, said it's a load of crap today, didn't he? Okay. So if you believe that, you need your head reading. So um, I, didn't see that. I don't I'm think so. Pierre's me. never, Pierre's never struck me as that no. kind of player, has he? To be honest with you, um, obviously player of the player of the season, two clubs in a row now. So we're obviously a, a model pro. Um, and but I don't have Instagram. I've told you many times it's a social media beyond me, Ollie. But um, I believe that there's been pictures of him in some sort of leg brace at times over the last few weeks. So he's clearly injured. So yeah, I don't think there's anything in that. Um, it's just a bit of a bit of an annoyance that he's finally succumbed to injury for the first time in quite a while at a time when we, we probably still needed him just to get us over the line to safety so yeah best wishes to him hope he gets back fit but yeah hopefully he comes back um, soon uh, and yeah as you said it'd be fascinating to see who starts um, on, on Tuesday mm. what a horrible game to have after this bad run Ollie away at the team bottom of the league who were diabolically bad um uh, at a place where we've got a god awful record over the last few seasons as well, Ollie. This no- doesn't make me feel like we're going to go and do the job. Really, I'm feeling nervous about Tuesday night. Yeah, I've been to Rochdale like you have loads of times. Um, we even went there in the Paul Hurst season. And we thought we'd do really well, and um, we had that an was the end of the All Mags that yeah, day. Yeah, we had yeah. a mare that day. Um, when they remember the Paul Hurst season having an absolute mare there as well. So yeah, Rochdale um, on on Tuesday night. Uh, I don't know. What do you reckon, Glenn? Do you reckon we could get three points here? I think we'll scrap a draw I honestly do I think that I can't see us being stung by the performances this week because a lot of the problems we've talked about are still going to be there Ollie let's be honest about it Um, we're not going to get much time on the training ground between Saturday and Tuesday either so we're not going to resolve any of these issues Um, I think we'll probably scrap a 1-1 draw Ollie on Tuesday and that might might not be the worst if we weren't away at Charlton on Saturday and they're on a terrible run so they went. They lost two 0 to Burton um, in, in at the end of Feb, um, and then yeah, before that they lost to Charlton two 0 They lost to Raminke Dons four one, and they lost to, to Blackpool one nil. And they drew with Plymouth nil nil. Um, they drew with Northampton nil nil. And as I said, that Burton game. And then in March they lost two 0 to Sunderland, and they've lost two 0 to Hull. So if we reading that out hasn't convinced me we're going to win, <laughs> it's convinced me we're going to lose. <laughs> so oh yeah, I'd love a win. It'd be absolutely fantastic. So fingers crossed for that. Um, and then obviously then we move on to Saturday where, where we'll do our predictions. I mean, yeah, we're going to get battered at Charlton, I imagine. Um, yeah, we'll probably lose at Charlton. 
oh, I don't know, two nil. I think we'll probably lose. Um, they're probably smarting about that that draw we got against them at our place as well. Um, and yeah, you know, other than the Porthurst season, not somewhere we've gone and got a lot of good results previously. So yeah, I, I'll go for us to lose two 0 on Saturday, which will be bad because in my predictions will be we only get a point this week, and we might be coming back next week to talk about relegation. Yeah, they're on. They're not on a good run. So yeah, they their kind of recent results. They lost to Gillingham three two. Drew with no Wimbledon. They drew with Fleetwood. Um, yeah, they they lost to Burton. They got beaten three nil by um, by Blackpool. Um, they beat Wigan one nil, and then on last Saturday they drew with Oxford, which is not a bad result. Because obviously Oxford are, have been flying at the moment. So yeah, I've got I do got a, I don't know I've got a feeling we probably I can we'll get a result. I can we'll win against Rochdale. I don't think a miracle will happen, and we'll draw one nil away at Charlton. Confident, four points. Do you see Oxford, uh, Charlton? There was a penalty in the last minute for Charlton, and they, the keeper saved it for Oxford, so they should have won that game. Um, they had literally missed a penalty in the last minute, so um, yeah, apparently they were all right in that game. From oh, I was watching the highlights on uh, the the sky today, so yeah, who knows? But um, yeah, it's not a place we do particularly well at usually, is it? So yeah, I don't know. It's um, and we're not going to talk about relegation or anything this week because we've got an eight point gap, and we yeah. still. So I'm not going to worry about it yet. But if that get got witted away to five points this week, then I'm definitely coming back to be worried next week. But at the moment, I'm still fairly sanguine. And you text me after the Tuesday game saying I'm worried about relegation didn't you and I was like nah nah nothing to worry about but I will admit Ollie after Fleetwood I was slightly more concerned than I was on the Tuesday but still not not overly concerned yet no we've got a nice <laughs> back buffer which the manager has got us um, but just before yeah. we end I thought there were some really interesting results this week um, nothing better mm. than um, Northampton 4 Portsmouth 1 they would be winning 4-0 <laughs> and um, their version of Stuart Dunn um, said he's never ever had to do this before, but he started blocking Pompey fans on Saturday night. It's all getting quite bitter, and you know there's, there's, a, there's a few sets of fans in this league. For some reason, MK Dons fans always seem to get in my timeline whenever we play them, and we always seem to. I think yeah. that goes back to that playoff game. They're so yeah. bitter about that. Yeah. Ipswich fans are delusional. Like I love the comment at the start of the season where he said, "We're not a League One side, but you are a League One side." And you're, you're, <laughs> at the moment, massive you're, sweeping generalisations yeah, here, Ollie. <laughs> very, I know, I love it though. But then, but Pompey fans are the best because they spent years in League Two. Now they're in League One. Um, and obviously, yeah, it's obviously the noisy ones I'm obviously referring to. Everyone has a great sets of fans, and everyone has some knobbers as well. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, yeah exactly. Pompey fans were bitter and very angry on Saturday night, which I thought was quite funny. Well, Kenny Jacket might be available again, Ollie. I'll, I'll start putting some calls in. You know, he, he might be getting sacked soon. So, oh, there we go. I'm only joking. The, the days of me calling for Kenny Jacket are long gone. We'll stick with Steve Cottrell. Get him out of hospital. Get him back. And, uh, yeah, let's get into next season once we're, we're safe this year. So, yeah. There we go. Difficult week, but definitely a chance for us to take a breather and, and be a little bit more, cast a critical, critical eye over the players, I think, for the first time in a few weeks, to be fair. So, um, you know, we're, we're not writing anyone off. We're not writing this team off. You know, I don't think they'll get relegated, but um, it's fair to be critical because there are contract negotiations coming up, Ollie, and it's interesting to see you all get a, a call off Steve Cottrell and who won't. And I think that the performance in the last few weeks might start to make him see things a little bit differently. Who knows? But um, yeah, that'll be interesting in the next few weeks to find out who's offered contracts, won't it, Ollie? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see who, who we offer contracts for you. And also the players that we don't offer contracts to, they need to, you know, start impressing opposition um, analysts who are watching these games. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how we react. I'm sure, you know, we do seem to have, from what we hear, and if we believe what we hear, we've got a really um, kind of sincere, hardworking bunch of players um, who I'm sure we wanted to put the put this right. So yeah, got opportunities again. Two games this week again. Again, it's pretty relentless in terms of games. Um, and yeah, we've got another two game week next week. Yep. Let's leave it there then. Get it done, Salah. And then we'll be happy to come back with a chirpy demeanour next week. But um, yeah, we'll leave it there for this week. And uh, hope everyone has a good first week. If you've got kids, they're back to school. Hooray. So a bit of freedom for people, I think. But um, that's what I'm looking forward to this weekend. I've got the house back to myself. It's going to be a pleasure. So um, yes, enjoy your week, guys. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next Sunday.